Welcome to the Bible 365 podcast, delivering God's word to you every day, walking with fellow Christians through the entire Bible in one year. Each book of the Bible is read by a different member of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, bringing new voices to a timeless story. Let's hear God's word for today. 2 Kings chapter 4 One of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. Elisha asked her, What can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go out and borrow empty containers from all your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all these containers. Set the full ones to one side. So she left. After she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers, and she kept pouring. When they were full, she said to her son, Bring me another container. But he replied, There aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A prominent woman who lived there persuaded him to eat some food. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. Then she said to her husband, I know that the one who often passes by here is a holy man of God. So let's make a small, walled-in upper room and put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp there for him. Whenever he comes, he can stay there. One day he came there and stopped at the upstairs room to lie down. He ordered his attendant, Gehazi, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her, and she stood before him. Then he said to Gehazi, Say to her, Look, you've gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I am living among my own people. So he asked, Then what should be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. Call her, Elisha said. So Gehazi called her, and she stood in the doorway. Elisha said, At this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Then she said, No, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your servant. The woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the same time the following year, as Elisha had promised her. The child grew, and one day went out to his father and the harvesters. Suddenly he complained to his father, My head, my head! His father told his servant, Carry him to his mother. So he picked him up and took him to his mother. The child sat on her lap until noon, and then died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut him in, and left. She summoned her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, so I can hurry to the man of God and come back again. But he said, Why go to him today? It's not a new moon or a Sabbath. She replied, It's all right. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, 
Go fast. Don't slow the pace for me unless I tell you. So she came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her at a distance, he said to his attendant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite woman. Run out to meet her and ask, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your son all right? And she answered, It's all right. When she came up to the man of God at the mountain, she clung to his feet. Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in severe anguish, and the Lord has hidden it from me. He hasn't told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Didn't I say, Do not lie to me? So Elisha said to Gehazi, Tuck your mantle under your belt. Take my staff with you and go. If you meet anyone, don't stop to greet him, and if a man greets you, don't answer him. Then place my staff on the boy's face. The boy's mother said to Elisha, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went ahead of them and placed the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or sign of life. So he went back to meet Elisha and told him, The boy didn't wake up. When Elisha got to the house, he discovered the boy lying dead on his bed. So he went in, closed the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the boy. He put mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. While he bent down over him, the boy's flesh became warm. Elisha got up, went into the house, and paced back and forth. Then he went up and bent down over him again. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. He called her, and she came. Then Elisha said, Pick up your son. She came, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. She picked up her son and left. When Elisha returned to Gilgal, there was a famine in the land. The sons of the prophets were sitting before him. He said to his attendant, Put on the large pot and make stew for the sons of the prophets. One went out to the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine from which he gathered as many wild gourds as his garment would hold. Then he came back and cut them up into the pot of stew, but they were unaware of what they were. They served some for the men to eat, but when they ate the stew they cried out, There's death in the pot, man of God, and they were unable to eat it. Then Elisha said, Get some flour. He threw it into the pot and said, Serve it for the people to eat. And there was nothing bad in the pot. A man from Baal Shalisha came to the man of God with his sack full of twenty loaves of barley bread from the first bread of the harvest. Elisha said, Give it to the people to eat. But Elisha's attendant asked, What? Am I to set this before a hundred men? Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. For this is what the Lord says. They will eat, and they will have some left over. So he set it before them, and as the Lord had promised, they ate and had some left over. 2 Kings chapter 5 Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. 
The man was a valiant warrior, but he had a skin disease. Aram had gone on raids and brought back from the land of Israel a young girl who served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. So Naaman went and told his master what the girl from the land of Israel had said. Therefore the king of Aram said, Go, and I will send a letter with you to the king of Israel. So he went and took with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, and it read, When this letter comes to you, note that I have sent you my servant Naaman for you to cure him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and asked, Am I God, killing and giving life, that this man expects me to cure a man of his skin disease? Recognize that he is only picking a fight with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Have him come to me, and he will know there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. Then Elisha sent him a messenger who said, Go wash seven times in the Jordan, and your skin will be restored, and you will be clean. But Naaman got angry and left, saying, I was telling myself, He will surely come out, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the skin disease. Aren't Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and left in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more should you do it when he only tells you, Wash and be clean? So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, according to the command of the man of God. Then his skin was restored and became like the skin of a small boy, and he was clean. Then Naaman and his whole company went back to the man of God, stood before him and declared, I know there's no God in the whole world except in Israel. Therefore, please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, in whose presence I stand, I will not accept it. Naaman urged him to accept it, but he refused. Naaman responded, If not, please let your servant be given as much soil as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will no longer offer a burnt offering or a sacrifice to any other god but the Lord. However, in a particular matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master, the king of Aram, goes into the temple of Rimon to bow and worship while he is leaning on my arm, and I have to bow in the temple of Rimon, when I bow in the temple of Rimon, may the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. So he said to him, Go in peace. After Naaman had traveled a short distance from Elisha, Gehazi, the attendant of Elisha, the man of God, thought, My master has let this Aramean Naaman off lightly by not accepting from him what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. 
So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from the chariot to meet him and asked, Is everything all right? Gehazi said, It's all right. My master has sent me to say, I have just now discovered that two young men from the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them seventy-five pounds of silver and two sets of clothing. But Naaman insisted, Please accept one hundred fifty pounds. He urged Gehazi, and then packed one hundred fifty pounds of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. Naaman gave them to two of his attendants, who carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the gifts from them and deposited them in the house. Then he dismissed the men, and they left. Gehazi came and stood by his master. "'Where did you go, Gehazi?' Elisha asked him. He replied, "'Your servant didn't go anywhere, and my heart didn't go when the man got down from his chariot to meet you,' Elisha said. "'Is this a time to accept silver and clothing?' olive orchards and vineyards, flocks and herds, and male and female slaves? Therefore Naaman's skin disease will cling to you and your descendants forever. So Gehazi went out from his presence, diseased, resembling snow. Second Kings chapter 6 The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Please notice that the place where we live under your supervision is too small for us. Please, let us go to the Jordan, where we can each get a log and can build ourselves a place to live there. Go, he said. Then one said, Please come with your servants. I'll come, he answered. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Oh, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the man of God cut a piece of wood, threw it there, and made the iron float. Then he said, Pick it up. So he reached out and took it. When the king of Aram was waging war against Israel, he conferred with his servants, My camp will be at such and such a place. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, be careful passing by this place, for the Arameans are going down there. Consequently, the king of Israel sent word to the place the man of God had told him about. The man of God repeatedly warned the king, so the king would be on his guard. The king of Aram was enraged because of this matter, and he called his servants and demanded of them, Tell me, which one of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, No one, my lord, the king. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in your bedroom. So the king said, Go and see where he is, so I can send men to capture him. When he was told, Elisha is in Dothan, he sent horses, chariots, and a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, Oh, my master, what are we to do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid, for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. 
So the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When the Arameans came against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Please strike this nation with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, according to Elisha's word. Then Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. When they entered Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open these men's eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, Should I kill them? Should I kill them, my father? Elisha replied, Don't kill them. Do you kill those you have captured with your sword or your bow? Set food and water in front of them so they can eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared a big feast for them. When they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. The Aramean raiders did not come into Israel's land again. Some time later, King Ben-Hadad of Aram brought all his military units together and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. So there was a severe famine in Samaria, and they continued the siege against it until a donkey's head sold for 34 ounces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for two ounces of silver. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him, My lord, the king, help! He answered, If the lord doesn't help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor or the wine press? Then the king asked her, What's the matter? She said, This woman said to me, Give up your son, and we will eat him today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her the next day, Give up your son, and we will eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his clothes. Then, as he was passing by on the wall, the people saw that there was sackcloth under his clothes next to his skin. He announced, May God punish me and do so severely if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a man ahead of him, but before the messenger got to him, Elisha said to the elders, Do you see how this murderer has sent someone to remove my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door to keep him out. Isn't the sound of his master's feet behind him? While Elisha was still speaking with them, the messenger came down to him. Then he said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Mark chapter 14 verses 1 through 25. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a, a cunning way to arrest Jesus and kill him. Not during the festival, they said, so that there won't be a riot among the people. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at the table. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some 
were expressing indignation to another. Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, and you can do what you, what is good for them whenever you want. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Truly I tell you, whatever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus and tell to tell them. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so that you may eat? So he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house. The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. So the disciples went out, entered the city, and found it, just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening came, he arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him by one by one, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, the one who is dipping bread in the bowl with me. For the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, But woe to the man to whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him to have not been born. As they were eating, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it. He gave it to them and saying, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, Truly I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. This has been the Bible 365 Podcast, a production of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edmond, Oklahoma, in collaboration with Cinematic Waves, TV and film post-production studios. The Christian Standard Bible is copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers, used by permission. Having heard the word for today, may the same Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture now inspire faith in you to live each day as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Love God, love one another, and love your neighbor.